Good evening from Witch's Meadow, and welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. And tonight's episode, Night in the Dungeons. Yes, dungeons. Look at all these people around here. Isn't this fantastic? Yep, we'll be uh, spending a night in Witch's Meadow's very own dungeons and going through some of our favorite dungeon experiences. That's right, we have dungeon experiences. But first, let's talk about where we are and what's happening. We're recording this on July 31st, 2019 from the big Witching Hour Festival at Spell Willows in Witch's Meadow. It's been a big night of celebration as witches roll out their cauldrons practice their spells and prepare for the opening of the great portals where monsters oh go ahead I, I was just gonna say i'm i'm stoked right now because when these portals open let me tell you the celebration starts rocking here so yeah. I'm, I'm getting excited about it basically yeah once these great portals open uh, monsters of the monster world will uh, travel in large numbers through those portals to the human worlds for the halloween season um, and, and those who have picked up our new Halloween travel guide through the Monster Universe, that's uh, Transylvania Traveler, um, you'll know how this all works. But uh, for the one or two of you who have not read about the Witching Hour Festival, let me uh, read an excerpt from our book to fill you in on what we're about to experience here tonight. So uh, from the book. At night, every July 31st, bewitched witches come together in Transylvania's Witch's Meadow for their time-honored ritual. Between midnight and 1 a.m., officially August 1st, they perform in what's called the Witching Hour, casting spells that open Transylvania's great portals during the ceremonies of the Witching Hour Festival to transport monsters, ghouls, and goblins to the human world in preparation for Halloween. All through August and September, these super portals remain open to allow, to allow scarers to slide into the other dimension. These great portals are not to be confused with the smaller ones that monsters often accidentally slip through, showing up randomly under humans' beds and in closets, on rocking chairs and in dark forests, which could explain the sudden arrival of killer birds and Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, a werewolf on walking trails in a human suburb, a giant sea lizard near a bustling human metropolis, or killer bugs in the kitchen of a tiki restaurant in the human world. So yeah, here we are. And uh, as you might have noticed, yesterday in the first story of JackLanternPress.com's fifth season, there's quite a bit going on at this year's Witching Hour Festival. And I don't know if you knew that, Tom, but this is our fifth year. I, for some reason, I thought it was our fourth. But this I thought is our, it was our fourth as well. Yeah, this is our fifth year of doing jackolanternpress.com where we do stories. Actually, the first season we did stories every day from August 1st to October 31st. And then the year after that and, and till now, we're doing stories Monday through Friday, every weekday from August 1st to uh, October 31st. And then also just don't forget that uh, you can uh, go to jackolanternpress.com to uh, purchase our book, of course. And uh, you can go to Amazon as well and, and type in Transylvania Traveler. Um, you'll definitely love it. And um, yeah, so right now we're, we're celebrating these portals about to open. And basically what happens is these, you know, these witches, they, they brew some stuff up and they throw these portals up. And then all of a sudden we, uh, we start, we start the celebration up to, uh, the, the Halloween magic in October 31st. We're, so. we're getting closer and closer. The witches, uh, as you can probably hear, um, you could hear their cauldrons bubbling. They're, they're kind of working their potions. Some monsters are actually lining up to get ready to go through those portals once they open between midnight and one o'clock. Um, well, they'll be, they'll be crossing over for a long time, but that's when they'll really get going. Um, but this has been an exciting year for monsters. Um, there's a monster revolution that's begun. Um, you're seeing more and more monster movies this year. You're seeing more themed haunts, bigger themed haunts. Um, 
you're seeing a, uh, a lot of people making a bigger deal out of Halloween more than ever before that I've seen. I mean, if you just look at the stuff online, social media, it is becoming huge. And in fact, I just read this article on thehill.com about a petition to move Halloween from October 31st to the final Saturday. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's crazy. I, I, come on now. I don't know why. I mean, I understand maybe one one thing that they were talking about where they were saying, you know, it would be the last Saturday of of the, the month and make it safer for the kids, which, I mean, we want it to be safe, but come on, let's just leave October 31st alone and that's when Halloween is. You can't just so, go around changing dates. So Here's, here's the thing. So in this story uh, written by Justin Wise, um, this was a, a July 25th story. There were more, I think, so, was it July 20? Yeah, July 25th. There were more than 62,000 signatures. They had a goal yeah. of 75,000. And the idea, I guess, is to make the holiday safer for parents and children who are trick-or-treating. So according to the Halloween and Costume Association, which is a trade organization that serves as a nonprofit voice for businesses that manufacture, import, and dis distribute Halloween products, 3,800 Halloween-related injuries occur annually, and they attribute those numbers to the fact that 70% of parents don't accompany their children while trick-or-treating. And it's like because it's a weekday, so that the parents are like, "Well, we have to work, so that they're not going to go out." I, I just I have a hard time believing that, and I have I a feeling they're going to go. I don't think they're going to go with them regardless. They're not going to go with them to trick or treating, and and I I would almost venture to guess, and this is obviously just my opinion, but I bet the people that are getting hurt are the people that the parents aren't going to go, whether it was a weekend or whether it was yeah. a weekday. Because if, if the parents are going, they're more than likely not getting hurt. Here, here's so. the thing. I have a feeling it has more to do with the fact that more people would go to Halloween parties on a Saturday night and support those businesses that manufacture, import, and distribute Halloween products. You know, the ones that that Halloween and Costume Association serves as a non uh, profit voice for it. That's what I feel like. It's a business. Maybe thing. they Maybe. want it on Saturdays so they can make more money. But the bottom well, let's, line let's, is, let's just settle it this way. My opinion is they 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 leave it. Leave it. Yeah. Leave it alone. First. But the bottom down. line is, my my point is, they want to make Halloween bigger by placing it on the weekend every year, and that's because it's getting more popular. The yeah. monster revolution has begun. But I'm getting off topic because tonight. As we wander through Witch's Meadow, we must remember that there's only one way out of this deadly Transylvanian district, and that's through the dungeons. So, uh, Tom, I don't know if you wanted to read. Uh, there was a section in, in our book about yep. dungeons. Yep. So in, in the book, it's yeah, we have a little a little excerpt here, or a little, little saying. Uh, it goes, uh, I hope you haven't enjoyed your stay in Witch's Meadow thus far. If you have, the only way out is through the dungeons. Head over when you're ready. Otherwise, the skeleton hordes will get you when you're not prepared. There are multiple ways to become a prisoner, but none of them matter. You are going to become one regardless because you've, always, you've already made the mistake of coming to Witch's Meadow. So just accept it. After you haven't decided to join the prisoners in the dungeons deep in the heart of Scarewood Forest, within Mitch's, Mitch's Meadow, Meadow's own Rottenham, you'll get acquainted with some of our unfriendly Black Master dungeon keepers, guards with their bad jokes and all, and torturers. It's a ball and chain. I love that section of the of that of the book there. And it just goes into more detail about the dungeons and whatnot that we're, that we have within the book, because ultimately, which is meadow. You're not getting out unless you jump into a dungeon. So let's head in. That, uh, that guy right there, that monster just fell into the Creek. Something just uh, ate him. There's a lot of people out here right now, but we can't, uh, we can't discuss our favorite dungeons and or anything like that if we're going to stay out here because there's a lot of people out here. So I say we venture in uh, to the let's dungeon. Let's do it. So and, let's uh, take let's a let's take a trip to the dungeons. Ah, uh, here we are now. 
it's dark in here, spider web everywhere, lots of spiders, uh, which kind of goes without saying. And uh, rats and rodents, torture devices, jail cells with prisoners withering away and other poor souls shackled to the walls, hanging there to die. I just love it here. Um, so, Tom, when, when we were writing our book and working on Witch's Meadow, you and I both got really excited about the dungeons for different reasons. But we talked about different dungeon experiences we've had. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, what what were some of your favorite dungeon experiences? Well, so the thing is, is is I think we were talking about this before. Remember when we were we were saying like, why are we so excited about dungeons? And I, honestly, I've been sitting here just racking my brain. Why why do I like dungeons? And honestly, I think that the reason that I actually like dungeons is because of a lot of the video games that I play. It's, you know, it's dark and whatnot. You're going through. And in a lot of the, in a lot of the video games, you, you fight these monsters. It's, there's just something about it that's neat. Um, and one of the things I want to I bring up um, out of the list that I have is, um, if people remember EverQuest, which was a massive multiplayer online role-playing game, it was released in March 16th of 1999. It was by, uh, you know, 989 Studios, Sony Online Entertainment, and uh, uh, Variant Interactive. Uh, but not specifically EverQuest. I mean, I, I liked the game when I played it, but they came out with this expansion, and it was called The Lost Dungeons of Norath. And what was really neat about this expansion was there was a few dungeons and everybody went out to these, this like huge sand dune sort of area, almost like in the Valley of Doom uh, where it's deserty. And there was hundreds of people, live people that were on, on the screen and you could see everyone and you would be talking, you know, through like a chat. And then what you would do is you would get your party together. And I think it was, it was either four or five people that can go so you'd gather your 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 friends up and then you would you would queue up for this dungeon and when it was ready to go you had to like walk down into the, this little portal and bring you down into this dark dungeon and and we it was it just looked so neat and it had you had like torches in there and you had monsters you know sitting around and you had a you know, have build strategy and, and try to work your way through the dungeon. But I, it wasn't even the fact of fighting the monsters. It was the fact of venturing through it and it was dark and you felt like you were underneath this, this like in this like tomb area dungeon and all those hundreds of people that were outside queuing up were standing over you. And it just, it had this weird feeling and I loved every moment of it. So that's that's one of the the dungeons that that I really really liked. Um, and we could throw like you know a couple more in like World of Warcraft, Guild Wars, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Online. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other MMORPGs out there. Um, one specifically um, uh, on World of, of Warcraft, there was one called Karazhan. It still exists. But that was another dungeon where you you venture down into this place with a, a group of people. It was actually a raid uh, encounter. And you, you fought these big monsters or you played chess. And every time you moved, like a chess piece would come at you and you would have to fight stuff. And uh, it's just these, these types of things just made dungeons that much better for me. In in saying that, yeah, I'll just pass it back over to you. But uh, I that those are some of my some of my really neat experiences with dungeons. Nice, yeah. So I think I'm going to do mine as just a list of three. I have three favorite um, dungeon experiences. Um, before we do that, though, I did want to play a little dungeon clip from. It was actually a tape that we had um, when we were kids called A Night in a Haunted House, A Night in a Graveyard. It was from 1992. 
from the Haunted Sounds Music Company. And uh, this clip is called The Dungeons. Where are we? We must be in the dungeons. So, yeah, um, that was something, you know, we used to play in haunted houses. You know, yep. we wouldn't play like a lot of times we would just play, uh, you know, the whole tape and it would just play all these different things. But that was one of the the little vignettes, um, which was which was kind of fun. So anyway, now going to my uh, my number three, um, as you uh, remember, Tom, uh, one of our favorite uh, magazines when we were growing up was Cracked Magazine, which. You know, we preferred to Mad Magazine. I think there were just, you know, Mad Magazine was, you know, I I feel like it had more satire. It was dealing with more social issues than Cracked. And Cracked was just something as kids that we could relate to more. Um, but well, I, one think, of the I re- think Mad Magazine was actually related more to, like, the political parties. Yeah. Where Cracked was kind of all over the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, and they did touch on that kind of stuff. But I just felt feel like, it, you know, it had... Uh, stuff that I could relate to more that I thought was funnier. Um, but one of the, one of the reasons why I really liked crack magazine was, was the artist, John Severin. Um, and he, um, did something called ye hangups, which were these sometimes one panel strip. Sometimes it'd be a couple or three panels. Um, but it would be, you know, thing, little situations between these medieval guards and the prisoners who typically were shackled to a wall, you know, just hanging there. And there would oftentimes be, you know, torture things going on or, um, you know, beheadings out outside the castle. They were always really funny, really dark. But um, they the, the drawings were just so good, so detailed. So so John Severin, um, he he um he was doing these i couldn't find an exact date i know i have cracked magazines where these ye hangups were in magazines from the 80s and the 90s but i i was trying to find like when they began um and i was actually chatting with mort todd who um at one time was the editor-in-chief at crack magazine and he was actually one of the guys responsible for crack monster party which we loved the most um, which was like the Halloween, you know, monster version of, of, uh, the magazine, um, which was really, you know, really inspired us to do our book. But he was telling me that he thought that it started in the mid seventies. He just wasn't a hundred percent, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're really great. But John Severin, he, he worked for EC comics. They were mostly the war comics, like two fisted tales and frontline combat he actually served in the army fought in the pacific during uh, world war ii but um he worked uh, marvel comics he did um fear covers and then he was one of the founding artists of of mad magazine in 1952 but he spent most of his time at cracked uh 45 years um he mostly did um like tv and movie satires but he was also known for the covers which from what I understand, he did pretty much all of them. And then he created the mascot of, of Cracked Magazine, kind of like the Alfred E. Newman of Mad. Um, this this uh, character was a janitor called Sylvester P. Smith. Smythe. I don't know. I don't actually know how they pronounced it. Um, in later years, uh, Severn contributed to uh, Marvel's The Punisher, DC's Suicide Squad, Dark Horse's Conan, and Witchfinder. Um, he worked on Creepy Comics, Harry Kurtzman's Help for Monsters Only, and Mort Todd's Monsters Attack. Um, his, if you listen to what other artists say, 
Um, you'll hear all kinds of compliments. His figure work was amazing. That the dress, you know, often period dress, landscapes, animals, like the detail was super amazing and transported you to any time and place, real or fictitious. And then the expressive faces were just, you know, it it really conveyed the emotion of the comic and really sold the joke. Sometimes the jokes weren't the greatest, but his artwork would really, would really sell it. But there was a lot of like wordplay, fun gags um, where you would have to put together the jokes. It wasn't necessarily just, you know, a pun or anything. It would be like a two plus two equals four kind of gag where you put together two things that are happening um, for to, to come up with the joke. Um, and it was just simple game rules like the, these these comics, the ye hang ups. You kind of knew who was what um, you knew that what the guards had to do and you knew that prisoners were stuck on the wall and, and they and they or they were going to be executed. Um, so they were just a lot of fun. Um, there was another another strip in uh, Crack Magazine uh, Vic Martin did called Hud and Denny. They were prisoners who were always trying to escape and the guard would always catch them. It was more of a modern day um, prison thing, but there was one time where they even had a, a ye hangups meet Hud and Denny. Um, but yeah, my number three, um, John Severin's uh, ye hangups, really fun. If you can track down some cracked magazines, usually there was at least one in each, each magazine. And it would really be cool if there was a collection of all these, uh, because they were they were really great. No, that sounds good. I actually remember some of those. And didn't you just recently buy a book that had? Uh, is that the book that you're referring to? No, they actually did didn't make a book of Ye I thought that was the that was the one that had the those guys in there. I thought uh, it's a little a little different, but uh, maybe that one will come up later on in the podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in because I got I got a ton of uh, dungeon stuff, and I'm not gonna go into like the massive detail that you're going into about about yours since you only picked three. I actually have a list of all kinds of stuff, so I'm gonna shoot through some of mine. Um, I'm gonna say one thing that people need to jump out and get is a board game called uh, Five Minute Dungeon, and what it basically. Oh yeah, you sent me this one time. Yeah, this this thing is really neat. Um, if you want to just play a board game that doesn't require an insane amount of time trying to read the rules and figure it all out, uh, this thing you could pick up and you can you could kind of go through. I think it's like a, maybe a let's see one two three four maybe five little pages. It's not when he's when I say five pages, it's really not that much. You read and it's a, it's like a speed game. So you got these cards. You play certain characters. Uh, some of the classes in here are like you could play a barbarian, you could play a gladiator, a ninja, a huntress. Then you fight these these bosses, and they start out really easy. They have something called a baby barbarian that you fight first, but then you start getting into you know one guy called the Grime Reaper. Uh, he's he's the second boss. The third boss is Zola the Gorgon which that one was is really fun to, to go against. And then you have a freaking dragon. And then obviously at the last one is the Dungeon Master. And just a fun game. Check it out. I got mine at Walmart, so you can pretty much find these anywhere. Uh, just, just look for it. It's pretty cheap. I think you can get it on Amazon as well for like 18 bucks or something. It's, it's not expensive. It might even be cheaper than that now. So another one I'm going to bring up, uh, which I'm sure if people have are in my my uh age bracket here um but is neverwinter nights that released on june 18th 2002 the developer was bioware um they created this neverwinter nights and then came out with all these expansion pack once again it's like one of those things where you pick your class uh the class being you know like a thief or you know a rogue or anything like that and you run through dungeons and i remember i got into it so much that you can actually build your own dungeons and then have your friends log into your server and run a dungeon with you. And then you can have like traps and you can set up like 
these monsters and you can, you know, fight these monsters together as you like venture through these dungeons. And I mean, they were great. Are the graphics cool? It's not like, uh, at the like time. Minecraft at the well, time. They were, I mean, it's better than Minecraft though, right? Um, you know, that? I mean, it just depends. I mean, I mean, Minecraft obviously, you know, is the choppy looking thing, but I would say, you know, uh, Neverwinter Nights was way better graphic wise than than say a Minecraft. So but once again, like, I mean we're talking yeah, about the original stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, see, so like the atmosphere is going to be a little cooler, you know? Like, oh yeah, I, Minecraft, like you can build stuff and all that, but it's ne it never feels like, ooh, this is a cool, moody atmosphere. So you're saying that this, at least, like the dungeons seem oh, cooler. Oh, the dungeons seem dungeons, and and there was more lighting. There was. There's a lot of better stuff, but I, I can tell you, I mean, probably the stuff you've seen as far as Minecraft goes, you know, um, on like the Xbox and stuff, they, they've come out on the PC version, really making Minecraft. You could download all these texture packs and make it really look where you can see reflections off water and stuff. But there's one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick. It's called uh, Sinti Dungeon Pack. It's S-Y-N-T-Y Dungeon Pack. And this guy makes a whole bunch of different packs. It's it's basically it's an asset pack. It's for people who want to develop games like using Unity Game Engine or Unreal Game Engine. And if you're into development of games, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are interested in developing games, uh, those are the two um, development packs that I, I would pick up. One of them, like I said, is Unity 3D. The other one is unreal engine and you can go to this guy's website this Cinti, um like i said s-y-n-t-y if you type that in and type Cinti dungeon pack you'll see this and it's a bunch of models a bunch of of enemies and things that you could put in your game when you buy his stuff you essentially own the stuff i mean you can't resell his stuff like as a pack but you could put it in your games and have people play it and i I've been tinkering around with virtual reality stuff to where I can maybe walk through dungeons and all that sort of stuff. Um, but definitely check that out if you're into into game development. Okay, sounds good. So I'm going to go to my number two. And uh, this is uh, a book that we had as kids called Mad's Sheer Torture from 1988 by Don Duck Edwing. And he... Um, he started out as a writer of comics. He wrote for Don Martin, who wrote for Mad. Um, he was with Mad Magazine 49 years. I'm talking about Don Duck Edwin. He was with uh, Mad Magazine for 49 years. Um, he did Spy vs. Spy for about 12 years in the 80s and 90s, uh, even though it was created by someone else, uh, Antonio uh, Prohias created it on January 1961. Um, Duck Edwin... Uh, did cartoons for the Saturday Evening Post, Look Magazine, and Playboy. He was really prolific. Um, in an interview that I read, he said he'd draw 30 cartoons a week, which Holy uh, cow. some of his colleagues didn't even believe until they saw it. Um, but later in life, he worked for international gaming technology, designing graphic art for slot machines. Um, he once said... I always believed that when you choose your field, you should choose or you should specialize. You never deviate. I chose sick puppy. Um, and that was huh. that was, you know, some people said that, uh, you know, if you want if you if you could imagine what a mad artist looked like. Uh, Don Edwing, you know, definitely exemplified it. Uh, he wrote his comics and drew them uh, tons of puns. Um, he had a lot of uh, like setups and payoffs in his, you know, in multiple panel cartoons. He had a lot of sick humor, a lot of morbid stuff, kind of like Charles Adams, uh, Adams Family comics, um, Gary Larson's The Far Side. Um, very, very similar type humor. Um, his stuff had uh, firing squads, deserted island material, monsters, matadors, jungle bits, western scenes with gunfights swamis thieves cops and robbers material snake charmers medieval scenes fairy tales superheroes he has a bunch of other really cool books um i've been buying them on amazon used um one of them's called uh, mad bizarre blast one of them's called mad's creature presentation which is a really fun monster one 
Uh, one of them's called Mad Bazaar Bazaar, and that's bizarre spelled two different ways: bizarre and then bizarre the the noun. Um, and then there's one that I have called Mad Ventures of Almost Superheroes. But yeah, my favorite one or my second favorite dungeon experience and my favorite. Um, Edwing book was the uh, Mad's Sheer Torture, and that one had a lot of of dungeon comics, a um, lot of really great stuff. Like I want to explain, I want to talk about some of these comics, but it's kind of hard to explain them without seeing without seeing them. Like in one of the comics in here, it shows this lady like underneath some sort of scaffolding, and she's standing on top of this box or something and she's sawing into the the ceiling and then she pops the top out or pops the the hole out and she pops up out of what looks to be a a stage of some sort to rescue her husband who's on the the chopping block and you see the the executioner with his axe you know like what's going on here and she (laughs) says i i dug a tunnel like you said love now what um but you have to see the comics yeah, to really appreciate. You can't actually appreciate it unless you see it. I mean, you could try to explain it and whatnot, but when you actually see it, it's probably much better. Yeah, it's it's really great stuff. And you know, it I think the thing that attracted me to these comics were that they were just so simple. Like the there were simple rules that the prisoners either tried to escape or they just made the best of their fate, like some do of their jobs. Um, and the guards and executioners, they were just doing their jobs there. there so there was definitely like a, a social order. It was almost like cops and robbers and what we probably enjoyed about that as kids. Like everyone kind of knew their roles. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mad Sheer Torture by uh, Don Edwing, Don Duck Edwing, they called him. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, I highly recommend checking them out, you know, finding these things on on Amazon. Nice. Any, so what else you got, Tom? Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I've mentioned it so many times in our past podcasts. Released in 1974 by Wizard Wizards of the Coast and TSR. Um, Dungeons and Dragons is a game of strategy. You can it's it's like rolling the dice. You got math. You you build characters. You uh, I don't act out. You know my my characters. Some people get all into it and role play and whatnot. I don't do that. I like the the excitement of once again dungeons. Um, you're venturing through a dungeon. You pick a character you want to be, and and then you you play through a scenario um, or a campaign that is is related to you surviving through these dungeons, and they are fun. Um, and it's built purely on imagination. You're you're building your dungeon in your mind. You're building your character in your mind, and you're ad- adventuring through. I mean, that's where I think the best creativity comes from is when you put stuff uh, on your mind and, and, and you're writing down stuff on paper, um, you know, video games and, and movies and stuff like that, they're great, but it can never beat what you what you make up in your mind, I think. So Dungeons & Dragons is definitely something that uh, people should take a look at and, and mess with. And couple that in with, if you go to a, a, web, a website called fatdragongames.com, uh, if you have a 3D printer, you can print dungeon terrain. And I'll say it again. It's called fatdragongames.com. You go to their website. You could type in dungeons, but I'm pretty sure that at the very front of their website, you're going to see the dungeon terrain. And you could actually pick pieces. And like I said, if you have a 3D printer, you just download the model. You put it into your 3D printer. And it'll take, I think, my my 3D printer. I got kind of a cheap one. Um, but, yeah, it prints, like, these pieces in, like, a couple of hours or sometimes like a few what hours. Like, kind of, what kind of pieces are you talking? Like, what can you print? Characters, monsters. You're talking traps, doors. You're talking oh. the whole length of the dungeon. You can make walls. You can make... Um, is, that, like, is that where you made me that key? Is that from that? It's not from that company. I found uh-huh. that on Thingiverse.com, which most people who have 3D printers probably know of Thingiverse. Um, that's T or like Thing and then I and then V-E-R-S-E.com, Thingiverse. But yeah, you could get dungeon stuff there too. 
Um, but yeah, the key that I printed for you was, was I was kind of giving that to you as like, Hey, you, you're going to turn the key to go into the dungeons. Oh yeah. Um, that, that was just yeah, fun. You, yeah. I think you sent that when we were actually working on the witch's meadow chapter in the book. Yep. And then I want to just throw a, an announcement. We kind of, uh, kind of jumped on the Minecraft thing a little earlier, but, uh, spring of 2020, they're announcing Minecraft dungeons. Um, which is going to basically be a dungeon crawler, and you're going to run through dungeons in Minecraft style. I'll couple that in with uh, Diablo 3 uh, and the series. Um, Diablo 3 was released on May 15th, 2012. It was obviously by Blizzard Entertainment and Square Enix. Um, Diablo 3 is an awesome dungeon crawler game where you run around and you kill monsters and adventure through dungeons and I, I mean it's just once again one of those games where it looks so neat and you're just you're on an adventure and you're gathering up loot and and gold and gear and you're you're making your guy you know, more powerful and and obviously you fight big bosses and whatnot um and then i'll i'll throw that in as well with another kind of dungeon crawler which is the torchlight series um which that was released on October 27th, 2009. A lot like a Diablo, uh, Diablo three sort of series. It's a little bit more cartoony, I would say, but same concept. You, um, you get a character, you run around and you, you smash, um, you know, monsters and there's all kinds of different monsters. They also came out with Torchlight two, which I think, um, was a little bit better than the, the original Torchlight. Um, they made it bigger and, and, and just the stuff they had in there and the detail they had in, in that game was amazing. They're supposed to be coming out with uh, the Torchlight 2 um, on the Nintendo Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One this September. So if you are interested in playing some dungeon crawlers and you've played some of the other ones I've announced and haven't played the Torchlight series, grab a copy of Torchlight 2. Um, it's coming to all the major consoles uh, in uh, well uh, next month, basically. So um, you will uh, you'll see that. It's kind of weird how um, you know we love this dungeon stuff so much. It's like when when I go around telling people that I love dungeons, you know, they think I'm crazy, which is which is true. But I mean, if I was in a real dungeon, if we were in a real dungeon for real. You know, I don't think either one of us would be pretty excited about it. You know, no, like, <laughs> I know I wouldn't be excited I mean, about it. I, I think that if I went into my garage and it was dark and there was spider web all over and there were rats in there, I think I'd be pretty ticked off. I mean, because like that would mean I'd have to drive down to Home Depot to get a replacement light bulb. I'd have to get out the ladder because I'd have to replace the light bulb. I had to clean up all that web. So I can get into my car without putting on a yeah, without <laughs> without putting on a layer of spider silk, and then yeah, I'd have to call an exterminator to get rid of the rodents, or I'd have to set a bunch of traps. So uh, yeah, I don't think it would be great, but I, I think that if you're listening to this podcast, um, that chances are you probably love things that are spooky, and you've probably seen like some spooky scene in a haunted house or in a movie, and you've said that's cool. But so the thing I asked you before we did this podcast, why do why do we think that it's cool? Why are dungeons cool to us? But I'm going to let you sit on it for a second. I'm going to do my number three and maybe just think about it. Um, so my uh, not my number three, my number one, sorry, my third thing. But my number one thing, uh, number one dungeon experience is another book, and maybe this is kind of boring because all I did were were cartoons. Um, this one was actually written by Don Duck Edwing, who did the Mad Sheer Torture, and it was drawn by John Severin, who did the Yee Hang-Up. So this was the book that you were talking about, Tom. Oh, that was the one. Okay. Yeah, so it's called Once Upon a Dungeon from 1964. And when I was asking Mort Todd about the Yee hangups, he said, well, there is this book, Once Upon a Dungeon. I was like, oh, yeah, I already have it. <laughs> um, and it's awesome. It's the best of both worlds, you know, the, the Yee hangups and Mad Sheer Torture. It's the best of both worlds. Um, and it's pure um, prisoner cartoons. So, like, the Sheer Torture had, like I said, it had a lot of, like, 
deserted island stuff. Um, it had a lot of, um, you know, other stuff that wasn't necessarily in the dungeons. This thing is pure dungeons. Um, and it's, it's awesome. So, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, again, you know, like the prisoners are, they're drawn like really skinny. Like they haven't eaten anything. They're, they're bearded. Um, and they're really long beards. And then the guards are heavy set masks. Like so they're heavy set cause they eat well and they have these masks on and they all kind of look the same. Um, and visually it just kind of said it all. Um, and, Again, I was going to kind of describe some of these these jokes in here, these comics, but you really need to get it. And you can find this book on on Amazon. But um, I know, thought it was a cool book when you sent me it. I don't own the book, but even just the pictures in there. Yeah, they're you like you really have to read anything. There's single just look at the panel. pictures and it's neat. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, they, some of these don't even have captions. Um, it's single panel stuff. Most of it, um, you know, there's the, there's one cartoon single panel, like I said, where it shows these prisoners, they're trying to escape. And um, so they have their axes and shovels and they're digging up. And then right above ground is this executioner sitting down. He's got his axe and they're basically going to come up right under his feet. And it's like just a couple more feet, fellas. Um, there's just a lot of cool stuff about them hanging on the walls. And, you know, there's another one where it has like this Samson like, um, prisoner. He's chained to these two pillars. Um, and then there's two, two guards in front of him saying, I'd feel a lot better if you'd move that guy because basically like Samson and Delilah, you know, he was chained to two pillars that held the whole building up. So you kind of knew he, you know, he pulled the whole building down in Samson and Delilah. So that's, what's going to happen in this cartoon. Again, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of like the two plus two equals four. If you know the story of Samson and Delilah, you know, what's going to happen in this cartoon, you know, if there was another frame, but it's a really, really fun book. Um, and it really, when I got it, um, I got it actually when we were, writing the witch's meadow um chapter and and delving into yep. the dungeons that's and when I you just, sent it to me that, that was kind of funny because when you were writing it uh writing you know your piece there we were we were going back and forth with all this dungeon content and you sent me that book and it was neat looking at the pictures you were sending me and yeah we remember we were just going back and forth and oh yeah hey look at this oh look at this and we were going back with all this content we're coming up with today is all the things we were talking about when we were writing, you know, the witch's meadow says so just that we're bringing it out to people. Well, actually there's more stuff I think that we're announcing today than we are, than we were even when we were going back and forth, just cause we've done some more research on it. But, but yeah, I think that book is neat. So, yeah. So anyway, so did you think about um, why we like dungeons and other dark, dangerous things, anything that you thought like, you know, what, what is it that attracts us? Not even necessarily us personally, but if you think about why people are attracted to that kind of thing. So, I mean, I was saying a little earlier and so I kind of jumped, jumped the gun a little bit because I knew you were going to kind of bring this up. But as I said earlier, my biggest thing about liking dungeons, I think is mainly because of video games. Um, and then obviously we've always been excited about, you know, horror and stuff like that. But I asked a couple of my friends um, and everybody said the same thing I'm saying is they got into it playing either Dungeons and Dragons or they got into it playing video games. And that's they just got excited about the the thrill of of going down into this deep, dark dungeon, adventuring through it. You're kind of on an adventure. So I think that's what gets people more excited about it. It's kind of like in Ready Player One. You know, what were they doing? They, they were in this big, massive game. Uh, and what were they doing? Well, games, most of the time, if it's like a multiplayer game, they adventure through dungeons. And and it's just something that that you go, you gather your friends up and you're with them. And then you work your way through this like massive dungeon. And then obviously in there, there's always bosses and then you have to beat the bosses. And there's always like this big badass at the end, you know, that that people get excited about. And you're you're playing a specific class like, you know, you could be a healer or you could be the damage dealer or whatever you're going to be or the tank that's going to take all the damage. And 
and you fight through it and you build strategy. And I think that that's why I like dungeons a lot. Uh, and I, and I, like I said, all the people that I were asking they, that they were saying the same thing. So, uh, Scott, so I was thinking about like prison movies and prison movies are really popular. You got movies like 1979's Escape from Alcatraz, 1994's The Shawshank Redemption, of course. You have 63's The Great Escape, 2000's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which isn't doesn't take place totally in a prison, not even really in a prison, but they were prisoners. Um, you had 1953's Stalag 17, um, uh, 67's Cool Hand Luke, 1950's Cage, 71's Big Dollhouse, uh, 72's The Big Bird Cage, so many others. Um, even Disney's Robin Hood in 1973 had a cool uh, little dungeon scene. But I was thinking about these prison movies and thinking what people may um, like about them. And I think that viewing or experiencing these things from a safe distance, um, you know, it's like through through art, we can face our fears or even face death, but without the consequences. And I kind of wonder if that has something to do with even horror, if you think about horror movies, you know, why why are we attracted to it? And maybe and we kind of talked about this in a couple episodes, one of them being the slasher summer one. But I kind of wonder if that has. So actually, that, that probably is the reason why people like playing playing the, the game, the games and running through dungeons is that you build a character up and you run through it. But obviously, if it dies, yeah, who cares? You know, you just start over. So, yeah. I think I think with the the dungeon cartoons for me specifically I like the social order there's there's a community among the prisoners there's a community among the guards and there's something that I that I like about that I like it's like being in this thing together there's there's like a nucleus nucleus of a community which is always good to have in a volatile world which of course in a prison it is even for you know the guards you know right um so that's that's kind of what i was thinking i'm not sure if if anyone can really um put their finger on it. i'm sure someone else out there who knows psychology or something may be able to examine it in more detail if you have your own ideas on why people may be attracted to prison movies or dungeons or horror spooky things Email us at uh, jacklanternpress at gmail.com. That's jackolanternpress at gmail.com. We definitely would love to hear your opinions on it. Yeah. Um, and so w- real quick, though, I mean, let me let me finish this list. I'm going to go through them real quick, and then I'm going to say my ultimate favorite. Um, so uh, I have Dungeon Brewmaster VR, which was released on May 23rd, 2008. It was by a developer called Super 77. Awesome game. You're basically sitting in this dungeon palace uh, brewing up potions. And you have a book that opens up and you have people that come in. Uh, not real people, but, you know, it's like a, a non-player character or an NPC, as they call it. And they tell you what they want. Then the book down in front of you. And because it's in virtual reality, you get to use your hands and you you take like frogs and skulls and all these like weird potions and you mix it all in this big brew and then you take this mug and you stick the mug in there and it builds this huge drink and then you hand it to to the guy that came in and ordered it and then they drink it and they walk out and then the next customer comes in and and then you make another whole potion it's kind of a just a fun little game um Another thing to take a look at if you love Dungeons is Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons comic book um, by the authors Patrick Rothfuss and Jim Zub. It was first published on March 12th of 2019. It's like 96 pages. It goes into like the beginning stages of Dungeons and Dragons, but the artwork is great. The, The humor of Rick and Morty has always been kind of funny to me. Another couple of things I wanted to bring up real quick is obviously, uh, He's a very famous author. His name is R.A. Salvador and uh, his Forgotten Realms books. He has created a ton and a ton of books. Um, more specifically, my favorite of his books, um, the Dark Elf Trilogy with uh, Drizzt. Um, there's also, I wanted to mention a couple of other uh, video games. There's Legends of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. There's tons of gen- dungeons through there. Um, there's Kingdoms of, Kingdoms of Amular, which is another just single type player game you run out and you run through a bunch of dungeons and kill 
bunch of enemies. I got to bring up Skyrim again because Skyrim's got a ton, a ton of dungeons. You have uh, Wildstar, which isn't around anymore, um, but they had sci-fi dungeons, which is actually kind of neat where you run through and it's more of like a space kind of Wild West sort of dungeon. You were mentioning some movies. I got to bring up, obviously, Harry Potter, The Chamber of Secrets, because that had a neat dungeon at the end there. Um, I got to bring up another book uh, called, or a book series called The Lone Wolf Series, which, you know, they were choose-your-own-adventure books where you kind of, you know, there's one called The Caverns of, of uh, what the heck, I can't remember the actual full name. But look up The Lone Wolf Book Series. You can buy them all on Amazon. They're old books. But my ultimate VR or our dungeon experience is in virtual reality, and it's called VR Dungeon Night. It was released on April 24th, 2017. Um, the developer was uh, Blackjard uh, Softworks. The publisher was Wolfdog Interactive. Um, what he has here is it says, it's a knight is in a dungeon crawler with a random level genera generation. You explore, you fight monsters, you loot dungeons. You level up, you unlock different classes, and you become the ultimate dungeon knight. And let me tell you something. This is probably one of the most immersive experiences in virtual reality that I've ever had. And what makes it even better is that you can have a multiplayer. You could bring one other person in. And since I have two virtual reality headsets, I'm always upstairs and somebody else is downstairs. We could talk to each other. We can see each other. And we both gear up. We got swords, you got guns, you got lanterns, and you adventure through dungeons that are all randomly generated, so it's never the same at all. And you adventure through, you find crates, you could break the crates and get loot, and then as you're adventuring down, the monsters come and attack you, and I mean, it is so neat. Sometimes you get caught off guard, so you get freaked out, and then sometimes you're just having a really good time, they got different adventures and things that happen that you go down into like these hidden temples and graves. One of my favorite things, and I want to play a, uh, just their trailer. Um, so I'm going to play that right now for you guys. A curse is spreading. Dungeons all over the world are being used for evil. They go deep and are protected by dark creatures. Many have tried to defeat them, but in vain. There's only one who can save us. The Dungeon Knight will destroy them all. So anyways, um, that's VR Dungeon Night. If you have a virtual reality headset, that's one of the PC VR headsets. Um, jump into that and play that game. Cool. Yeah, there was there was one thing I wanted to, to mention uh, on, on my dungeon thing, but I haven't actually experienced it, but it's something called the San Francisco Dungeon. You can find it at uh, thedungeons.com. Um, and I guess these are shows... It's not just San Francisco. I guess they have them all over the world. They have them in the UK, Asia, Europe. The only one in America is the one in San Francisco. And I actually saw it. It's kind of near Pier 39. And they're these shows. Um, so they're not necessarily dungeon shows. Um, but it seems like you could be in a dungeon watching this whole thing go, go down. So I don't have a ton of information on it. But check it out, thedungeons.com. Uh, or just look up the dungeon or the San Francisco dungeon and check out some of the videos. It looks really cool, really immersive stuff. And there's even, they added like an elevator ride. That's kind of like the Disneyland drop of doom. Um, looks, oh, neat. Looks, looks pretty interesting. Um, so before we uh, wrap up, I did want to play uh, one other clip. Um, it's from, from uh, Disneyland records, uh, 1979. Um, and this was a little vignette, and of course, uh, it's called The Dungeon. Ah! 
so yeah that was uh the dungeon and God, i uh, remember that we used to play that all the time when we were kids even if we were just sitting up looking through all our halloween stuff you know when we had all our masks and things out we'd just throw that on and listen I, to it i used to never even know what the heck those sounds were and yeah, i think that there's I, like a pendulum in there and there's probably like there's a little water torture devices yeah i but i, I, I never didn't even know knew, like some of the stuff in there when I I don't remember or I don't even know what those things are supposed to represent, but yeah, I I hear you. Yeah, um, it was just it sounded scary, and so you know it was it was neat to us. But uh, but yeah, so ready anyway. to uh, you ready to adventure back out uh, to Witch's Meadow there, and and uh, well we're in Witch's Meadow, but to adventure back out into the crowd of people and see if this uh, if these portals are going to get open. Yeah, we're, we're getting pretty close. Um, so before we go out, though, I just wanted to remind everyone to uh, go to jackolanternpress.com to get our book. And uh, again, you know, the fifth season of Stories and Monster and Halloween Fun are now on, on that website as well. So we'll be uh, putting out stories uh, Monday through Friday from now until Halloween. Yeah. Um, some some other news before we go. Just wanted another reminder about uh, how Tom, you're going to be at the Moscow the Idaho market. Far- Farmers yep. Market. Yep, in Moscow, Idaho. Um, and then I wanted to give a shout out um, to the team over at the Fourth Horseman in Long Beach. Um, it, they serve craft beer, fine wine, and apocalyptic pizza. I just went there um, the other night and, uh, it, the place is awesome. It's like a horror themed pizza bar. You have to be 21 to go. Um, it's in Long Beach, California, voted best pizza in Long Beach. And even the bathroom is, is themed <laughs> horror themed. But actually they play- that the video that you sent sent was pretty funny there with all this stuff. Well, this, they just play, it's like bathroom related songs and sounds, but then outside in the, in the bar itself there, they play um, horror movies, horror trailers, like old eighties trailers. The, the guy that one of the guys that owns it, I went to film school with him and he, he loves horror movies and he loves horror movies on vhs and the 80s horror movies so he was he played uh, peter jackson's bad taste it, it was awesome great oh, time you. um great time there and um good food uh, definitely check it out if you're yeah, in the, the next time i next time i come down we'll have to we'll have to jump in there and i'll have to check it out um so yeah let's head on back to the festival ah here we are now uh, it looks like nice. the Getting witch busy. Is, yeah, you, I think everybody's coming in. Yeah, so it looks like the witches be about to happen. The witches are about to uh, begin their chants to open the portals. They got the cauldrons are bubbling. Monsters are lining up to cross over. Um, so to take us out of this episode, we're going to be playing a track from Halloween Horror: Scary Sounds and Music, released in 2008 by Ultimate Horror Sounds. Um, this track is called Witch's Den which will lead us to the opening of the great portals for the witching hour. So in a few moments, it's going to be Halloween season. So uh, let's head on up and uh, everyone out there, you have a great night. Have an excellent night. Like a help, boil and bubble, double, double, toy and